are tuned in to No Way Out But Through. I'm Scott Taylor. I'll be your unreliable narrator. This show is called Matter. And it's starting in 3, 2, 1. magazine type disaster, an asteroid hits the earth, the sun is extinguished, a nuclear war or climate change disaster has made the planet uninhabitable, that kind of thing. If you could save 100 people, not including yourself, who would be flown via rocket to another planet where they could survive, which hundred would you choose? and some sort of monster to live there with them. Three, exactly what kind of monster? machine in town sits on a corner by the remains of a gas station, which looks to have been abandoned at least two decades back. It's plugged into a light pole by the street. There's a water spigot it's hooked up to and a drainage hose that runs a few feet and then dead ends in the parking lot. It's past midnight. The street light barely glows. It's light constrained by a thick coating of dust in the glass. The next light is about a quarter mile down the road, barely as bright as a minor star. The wind picks up, a small twister forms in the parking lot, spinning bits of trash up into the air. As I dump my clothes from a canvas bag into the machine, a car pulls up and parks between the pump island and what used to be the front door. Three young men get out, they leave the doors open and light each other's cigarettes. There's music playing, but I can't make out anything about it. They don't pay me any mind, they just lean against the car and smoke. A couple walks by on the opposite side of the street, European travelers with impressive backpacks. They stop and illuminate their map with a powerful flashlight. They look up, they look around, they point. They fold the map up into a perfect rectangle and 
continue on in the same direction. I start the machine and lean against it as the tank fills. I don't bother with the temperature control. All the water here is warm. The wind picks up even more. Dust is suddenly everywhere. My eyes burn, my mouth is dry with dust. The men get inside the car. They close the doors rigorously, but I don't even hear the sound it makes. Breathing is unpleasant. I can't swallow. I get a little too caught up in imagining my death by suffocation. There's a phone booth at the edge of the parking lot. I hold my breath and make my way toward it. Getting the door to even budge is difficult. I rattle it around. It finally loosens. I jerk it open and then close it hard behind me. I take a short, exploratory breath. Another car pulls up, the windows of both cars roll down. They talk briefly, they exchange something. The first car leaves. The phone book is long gone. The cable it once hung from is all that's left. The receiver is dangling, so I hang it up. Old candy wrappers and flattened cigarette butts paper the floor. Some pale yellow weeds grow through a crack where the booth is attached to a cement block. I'm protected from the wind, but I'm also trapped inside while it blows. I can barely see anything outside now. There's dust in the booth. Trash is blown and pinned against the glass. The, the booth creaks. It seems like it should hold, given how it's bolted to the block, but I'm not totally convinced. There's a big, strong, loud, prolonged gust, and the lights go out. Larger objects start striking the booth, branches and boards. The world is a swirling, dusty, dark chaos. And then it lets up, and everything is silent, like I've gone deaf. Then I hear the car start and drive off. I can hear it drive down the road. I hear it for a very, very long time. If nowhere can be said to have a middle, then that is where I am. I consider grabbing my wet clothes and making a run for it, but I'm not convinced I could find my way in the dust and the dark. I slump against the side of the booth, unwilling to leave and unable to decide anything. Now I see the headlights of five, maybe six cars pull into the lot. A bunch of doors burst open. I hear voices, some yelling. There seems to be two factions. I can make out the legs of many men silhouetted by the headlights of the cars. I'm just hoping that they leave before they notice me, but the phone rings, and it's loud. It's shrill. It's the only noise in the entire world. I pull the receiver off to stop the ringing. A man says... Stay right where you are. We are on our way. Outside, the men from the cars have stopped arguing. One of the cars backs up so its headlights are pointed my way. Every single one of them sees me now. They pull out their guns and begin moving toward the phone booth.
7.30 p.m. Agent Kinski is unconscious and needs help. We were traveling down 101 as planned. However, there was an unexpected roadblock about a quarter mile from the epicenter of the disturbance. There are plenty of fallen rocks and washouts in this road this time of year, but there was no mention on the road report that had been generated just 30 minutes before. The structure looks more formidable than necessary, even for a washout. We got out of the car and the air felt thick. It smelled of ozone, also of something floral, something sweet. It, it smelled of decay. From a distance, the structure looked legitimate. However, the closer we got to it, the more bizarre it became. We saw what looked like a, was a cargo cult version of a falling rock sign, like it was copied without knowing its purpose. The structure itself, while imposing, didn't look heavy. It, it didn't look like it was made of metal. It, was, it wasn't smooth. It looked organic. It looked like it was made of some sort of black coral. Agent Kinski went in closer to investigate. She pushed on it to see if it would move. She thought that maybe if we could just move it out of the way. It gave a little where she pushed, but then she backed away and she said, it's, it's, it's already too late. And then she collapsed. Her hand was red and purple, like it was bruised and inflamed. She was delirious for a few moments before going totally unconscious. I moved her to the car, careful to avoid her hand. She's breathing but needs help. Ten miles back from here, there's a spot where a copter could land. I will, I'll try to make it there. Be ready to evacuate Kinski.
Coming up later tonight, the hit show Arena triumphantly returns to the air to answer the question, what happens after we die? On tonight's show, teams representing Christianity, Islam, and Buddhism will square off in the arena with medieval weaponry. The winners gaining the right to decide what happens after we die. Find out the answer to this age-old question tonight at 9. Here comes Antivax with confused parent along for the ride. And now, measles outbreak is moving along the rail. Doctor's orders is completely out of the picture. It's Antivax, confused parents, and measles outbreak, followed by high temperature and nasty rash. And coming up on the outside, it's nothing to be done. Tiny casket and devastated parents. Now with the first curve, high school jock and glory days are running together. It's high school jock, glory days, and here comes college team. It's high school jock and living the dream. Oh, but college team is applying the heat. Glory days are gone for good. High school jock is falling back. Now it's softball team and middle school coach with lumber mill just two links back. It's softball team, middle school coach, and lumber mill. Along the rail, here comes Jack Daniels, drunken brawl and night in jail. Middle school coach is nowhere to be seen. And now Lumber Mill is completely dropped off the pace. Coming on strong, it's recruitment, it's army, it's basic training, it's military exercise, and now friendly fire, followed by devastated family, too many questions, closed casket, and folded flag. Music prodigy is making her move, it's young artist recognition and college scholarships. And here comes big city and big time tryouts, it's practice, 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 it's audition, it's passion, and here comes failure, audition and failure are running neck and neck, passion is dropping off the pace, it's practice, followed by no longer fun. Musical prodigy is in a tight spot. Here comes depression and too much to drink. It's failure, it's pressure, it's depression, it's too much to drink. It's big city, it's rooftop, it's ah, um, might as well jump. It's stunned friends, disappointed family, and closed casket. Now on the backstretch, happily married is leading along the rail, followed by is this all there is. Stuck in the middle with you is three lengths back. It's still happily married, is this all there is, and here comes late night at work. Now attractive secretary is making her move. Is this all there is, has moved in front of happily married. Attractive secretary is looking good. It's late night at work, how about a nightcap? It's instant fires and then drunken evening. Happily married has fallen off the pace. It's attractive secretary and now red Camaro is coming on hard. It's drunken evening and now bachelor pad. Attractive secretary is falling back. It's late to work, utter chaos and too much to drink. And here comes untimely dismissal and divorce papers. Attractive secretary is nowhere to be seen. It's too much to drink and pulling ahead on the outside. It's fatal accident, devastated family and uncomfortable funeral. 
Now finally making its move, it's Late Bloomer followed by Lifelong Masterpiece. It's Late Bloomer really picking up the pace, then Lifelong Masterpiece and encouraging feedback. It's Late Bloomer and here comes multiple publications along the rail. Things are looking up for Late Bloomer, but wait, here comes Hard to Concentrate and Doctor's Appointment with multiple tests running just behind. Lifelong Masterpiece is dropping off the pace. It's test results, bad news, and oncology. Lifelong Masterpiece is completely out of the picture. Late Bloomer is really falling back. It's no energy and disbelief. It's denial and regret. It's unfinished masterpiece. Time's winged chariot is hurrying near. It's the death of Ivan Illich. Too little, too late. Late Bloomer is done. Now, it's old maid at the rail living alone is on the outside. A strange family is a half-length back. Here comes missing Medicaid check, no insurance, and low funds. Followed by no heat and heart problems are nipping at her heels. It's no insurance, it's heart problems, it's lonely, lonely death. It's long week and neighbor complained. It's fire department and terrible odor. It's sad, hungry Pomeranian closed casket and ill-attended funeral. And into the home stretch they come, it's early death, late death, and unexpected death. It's crushing death, a shooting death, an instant death, it's a death that's been a long time coming. It's homicide, genocide, and suicide, it's self-immolation and collateral damage. It's the big sleep, bit the dust, and bought the farm. It's cashed in his chips, come to rest, and crossed the great divide. It's departed, defunct, and ceased to be, it's rung down the curtain, and joined the choir, invisible. It's given up the ghost, left the building, met his maker, and kicked the bucket. It's a permanent vacation, put to bed with a shovel and pushing up the daisies. It's six feet under, snuffed out, and finally shuffled off this mortal coil. At some point, somehow, almost impossibly, the universe begins, and for a while exists, then at some point dies. But along the way, luckily, amazingly, somehow, who could say why, in local instances anyway, things begin to attract weight. Things begin to matter.
people, you have been listening to No Way Out But Through. Transcripts can be found at scott-taylor.net, along with more written content. Links in the description below. This has been a Blue Robot production.